0: Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Yo, welcome back to another edition of the Cruising Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Cruz, and it is Monday. It's been almost, it's been a week, shit, it's been a week since I've done the show. My bad. Um, Just a lot of things been going on, mostly, I don't know, I I just don't, I don't know. I just want to say once, uh, where you can find the Cruising Podcast is at YouTube, also on Apple Podcasts. Also, anywhere you need to find podcast needs, that's where you can find the Cruising Podcast. Also, uh, if you want, li- if you want uh, updates of the Cruising Podcast or your boy Andrew Cruz or any you know day to day life, um, you can find me. You can find the podcast at Cruising Podcast on Instagram. Also at Cruising Podcast at town Finest on Twitter. Hold on, <laughs> Twitter. So yeah, welcome, welcome to another show. Welcome to I uh, A. Hey, look, listen. Netflix has done it again. Netflix has done it again. Let's just, let's just put it, let's, yes, good, good stuff, Netflix, finally. Uh, no, Netflix has a new, has a new movie called, uh, Extraction, with, of course, Thor, aka, the, he is the lead, I mean, I'm sorry, Chris Hensworth, I'm sorry, let me make sure we put that out there. I understand that a lot of people probably know him from Thor fame, but let me tell you something. If you haven't gone seen this movie yet and you liked Born Identity or any Born series in in the John Wick series, it it was like these two movies meshed together, had fantastic, very romantic sex together, and came out with this baby that's called Extraction. Yo, I just want to say, this movie, action-packed, almost the whole movie was action-packed. Like, we get a little bit of a lull in the middle there. But it, it picks right back up. Like, it, it's like every twist and turn. It literally felt like a John Wick. It fit really, the action, the constant action felt like John Wick the whole time. It felt like the John Wick, uh, action pack movie with, you know, kind of espionage slash trying to save a kid's life, make sure we get them through India. I didn't know Indian, I, I didn't know Indian, um, gangsters were this gangster though. I didn't know this. All right. The dude that they had, you know, playing the main villain felt like Pablo Escobar. That, like, literally, that's how he went about it. He was like, what it felt like was this. It felt like a Colombian cartel mixed with African warlords. That, and because there were child soldiers, so this movie hit a lot of mixtures and like perfectly blended together some. Mo- it literally blended together a lot of things. That you wouldn't have thought to be blended together, but it worked out. Like me, uh, just again, Born Identity, in, uh, in my opinion, like the Born series, have like some of the best fight scenes, and you know you're watching a Born movie because there's always that one scene, that one fight scene where there's no music, all you hear is just punching and throwing and, and breaking of glass, all that. That's what, they had this scene in uh, Extraction, but then again- we also had a John Wax a John Wick scene where he you where Chris Hemsworth literally used whatever he could to kill anybody that tried to get to him get to him and the kid. Like this is how this movie was fantastic in that part. Like the action just the action the storyline it got a little weird at the end, but you know, that just means that we're going to have a number 2. That's what that's literally what it means. We're going to have a number 2 in this movie. I'm sorry, spoiler alert, no, well, it's not really a spoiler, I mean, most of these movies always have sequels to them, but this movie looks like it's gonna, it's gonna make a pretty good series, if they can pull this off again, like, oh, man, it, and it was like, they, there was no fanfare, there was nothing, talk- like, I literally saw this on Facebook one day, and I said, and it was like, oh, tomorrow, Extraction comes out, probably the most action-packed movie you ever see, mm, okay. Bull, yeah, I call bull on that one, you know, because John Wick is probably the most action-packed movie I've seen next to Guns Akimbo. If you haven't seen Guns Akimbo yet, man, woo! Well, really, any Tarantino, most Tarantino movies, too but this movie right here was fantastically done. You see Thor in a different light. Um, it's just it didn't pull any punches, and so that's what made this movie fantastic, in my opinion. It, it just said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the action genre, and we're gonna blow this shit up. Like we don't care. This is our, This is us. This is ours. You know what I'm saying? This is our movie. And it, and it was a very original idea. Except you know, it was a very original idea with original uh, original way of going about the actions. And uh, yeah, just the fight scene on the stairway alone, uh, it made me a huge ass fan of this movie. So." I definitely advise you to go watch Extraction. Uh, you won't, you will not be disappointed. This has to be one of the best movies of the year so far, and, and and Birds of Prey came out. That's that's how good this movie is, you know. And so yeah, you're welcome in advance. Okay. So uh, next, also, I watched John Henry. John Henry was actually sneakily good. It was sneakily good. Here's my problem. All right. Before I start talking about John Henry, I understand that, you know, we have we have Spanish speakers and that's cool. I understand that. But a lot of us that are watching these movies are not Spanish speakers. So if you're going to have somebody strictly speaking Spanish the whole entire movie, can we please put subtitles in like so I can know what's going on? I just would love to know what's going on. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just hearing, like, I'm putting, uh, like, for me, my Spanish is very limited. And so I got, I'm trying to take, like, some of the words to take out um, of some of the sentences that were said. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, like, I try to get the, you know, the context of it. And it's kind of hard when, you know, I'm not used to hearing somebody speak Spanish and they say everything very quickly. And it's not their fault. I ain't going to say it's not. It's just the fault of the movie where you just don't put subtitles in it. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, you know, there's going to be a large majority of people that aren't watching, that are watching this movie and they are not Spanish speakers. Just making sure, just putting it out there. I know I'm not a movie person. I know I'm not a director or producer, but I'm just saying, giving full on advice from a guy that does not speak the language. Now let's talk about John Henry. John Henry starring um uh Terry Crews and uh Ludacris. Chris Chris Ludacris Bridges because apparently we have to call him by his name now when he's acting. So this movie was actually very well done. Very well done. Um it it's it's actually based on a guy who is called whose name John Henry for a different reason. His name is John Henry. He's not actually The fable john henry just if you don't know who john henry was and you're black we have problems Uh, just just making sure we all understand it's one of the best folktales uh like one of the better folktales of all time i don't even think it was he john henry was based on a real person but i don't think his name was john henry just like he's kind of like uh uh, he's our paul bunyan you know it just case. so if everybody wants to Try to figure him out. He was, he's our, he's our version of Paul Bunyan. Um, just, he doesn't chop down trees. He builds railroads and John Henry was supposed to be the strongest man of all time. So this movie, it ter- you can probably tell who's John Henry in this situation is Terry Cruz here. Look, man, we get a, we do get one scene of Terry Cruz. Just one, one as necessary. Wow. Look, man, if you're in the middle of a fight. I understand you're in the middle of a fight. You can get a little hot. I, I feel it. But why'd you rip off both your sleeves? For what reason? Just to show off? Look, man, we know. I know. I get it. You, We got it. Why are you wearing long sleeves to begin with if we're going to start to fight? If you want to start fighting, why are you wearing long sleeves then? In in California, in the middle of summer. There's no way. There's no way. You just did that. Just show off. Show off that you can just rip off sleeves. But this movie showed a serious side of, of Terry Crews. We don't get to see this enough. We don't see this side of Terry Crews a lot, especially in his acting. It's the serious side, and it's weird because I watch Brooklyn Nine Nine literally almost every single day. And like, uh, you might think I'm kidding, but I watch Brooklyn Nine Nine more than I would want, to fuck, would want to admit. But yo, it was like it's weird. It was weird watching him be serious. In a role with like kind of a comedy, it had some comedy aspects to it. Like the guy that I was playing, his father was pretty funny. I ain't gonna lie, that dude was funny as shit. Like when he said, "Man, I had a stroke at fifty-two and I lost all motor functions of my penis." Like that John had me crying laughing because he didn't need to tell anybody this story, It's just like I didn't have to tell you guys the story, but I'm telling you anyway. That's what happened. All right, it's what happened. But but this movie was very well done. They have cut scenes to where it's kind of like cartoon slash comic bookish, And then they also have a cut scene where it looks like you're looking through an old 90s VHS tape. And it, it was, to, to me, this was one of Jerry Cruz's better acting performances. Like, aside from all, like, you know, White Chicks. Come on, let's be real. White Chicks, Uh, where he's the the uh, hamburger guy on um, Longest Yard, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. A lot of his movies, he's playing a comedic role. In this movie, he didn't, like I said before, he didn't really play a comedic role. It was kind of more dramatic. And it was very well done. And then uh Ludacris, he didn't, normally Ludacris plays a comedic role in most of his movies. He's more, he Let's be real. He's been like the comedy guy on uh on Fast and Furious he'd been the tech slash comedy guy on Fast and Furious with Tyrese Gibson this movie he played a little bit more serious he did a lot less talking you only hear like he only got like maybe four maybe maybe 10 or 15 lines in this movie and that's pretty much it you only really see him you only see him a few scenes too he's only there for a few scenes and was probably for the better <laughs> i'm sorry Ludacris isn't like one of the best actors to me i'm sorry it's like, let's be real he's not one of the best actors and the way he kind of talks it kind of like it was like all right i'm glad you're only in this for like five scenes because you first of all you're not believable it's just not believable and the way he kind of talks is like i don't know man it's like it, it, i think what turned me off from being a ludicrous fan was I forgot whose roast it was. I think it was Charlie Sheen's roast or Justin Bieber's. It was Justin Bieber's roast. Where he was clearly reading off a teleprompter for his jokes, and they weren't hitting. Like he's funny on Fast and the Furious because he's kind of a smart ass. He's sarcastic. That's kind of where his his line goes. But in like when he was doing that roast, I was like, Oh, you're not actually funny. You're not funny at all. You don't know timing. This isn't good. And one of the jokes, he said the joke and said, he did this, did this little number. Did the whole pointing thing. He pointed at him. I'm like, what is this, the 70s? What are we doing here? What, what's next you going to say, man? Like, what's next? Got you, Tomcat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just had a problem with that. But overall, overall, Terry Crews played a fantastic role. It felt like a Tarantino film, kind of. With a, It was a lot of gore. But um, yeah, I think you I think you guys will definitely enjoy John Henry. It's not once again, it's not a retelling of John Henry. Just putting put it out there, it's not a retelling of him. It's a modern day version of a guy just really named John Henry. He just went by John Henry, and uh, and also uh, that's the name of Steel, who is the another alternate of Superman. So and Shaq also played a guy played Steel so uh and by the way since I'm on this since I'm on that and that that actually was the thing that crossed my mind (laughs) listen I know a lot of people are haters I know I understand you're haters I get it Shaq was the first let's be real I think if I remember correctly Steel came out before Blade so technically technically comic book speaking wise Shaq was the first black superhero. Just put it out there. You're welcome. And Steel was actually not a bad movie. It was not a bad movie, in my opinion. I thought it was. A, I thought it was maybe not greatly done, but it was. It was good to me. It was good. It wasn't great, but it was good for the time. It was the mid '90s. It's the mid '90s. What you want? Yo, I'm telling you. He also made Kazam. We could have had Kazam too, instead of Steel put it out there. Could have had another Kazam. And actually, when I was a kid, I didn't know any better. And I thought Kazam was actually a good movie. Went back as uh, as an older person, maybe like 10, about 10, 15 years ago. No, about 10 years ago. And watched a little bit of Kazam and said, I was actually enthralled by this movie. Why didn't, why was there not a belt across my ass when I watched this movie and said it was good? This is ridiculous. No, but um, I but it could have been better. I wasn't a fan of Kazam. I'm sorry. I'm probably, I'm not a fan of it anymore. I, I'm just not, I don't know. And Shaq's rapping. Actually, Shaq. Shaq had some hits. Actually, he had a platinum record. Just putting it out there. Shaq did have a platinum record. Why am I on the Shaq rant right now? I don't know why. He was also one of the most dominant centers of all time. Let's just put it out there. Let's get it in there. But um, also, lastly, I've been watching Last Dance. Oh, that's why. Cause I've been watching Last Dance, the uh, Chicago Bulls documentary docu series. Um, I need to watch episode four. I need to watch that. But it's awesome to see your heroes, not heroes. It's awesome to see people you grew up watching basketball. I like. I started watching basketball when you know around the time that you know Chicago started really becoming the force that it is. I'm always will be and always will have been a Sixers fan. I wish back in the day I wasn't such a hater because Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time. Hands down. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. Now, is LeBron up there? Yes. I will say this. As a non, you know, i, I Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. The GOAT debate is you watch this and you you listen to Jordan talk. And this is like the first time we extensively got Jordan talking a little bit more about the 90s bulls this is actually the most extensive we've seen him talking a long time and very candid he's cursing and all like it was it's amazing to watch and i'm just like why couldn't you have done this before like why did you want us to hate you so why did you want not just the black community but just all communities why did you not want us to like you we know you're going to come out an asshole in this movie well in this in the docu-series That's who you are. You are the most competitive. You were always the most competitive player in the 90s. We knew that. I mean, in in the NBA of all time, Kobe came up next to you. And to me, sorry, to me, I feel like Jordan could have came out with this. They could have came out with this docuseries. And it might have shed a little bit more light on Michael Jordan. It might have actually had us start liking him a little bit more, because we only see you as a a frivolous businessman, and and, uh, and you know a terrible owner of the Charlotte Bobcats. I mean Charlotte Hornets. Goodness, they were the Bobcats. But we'd have but people like these. This generation, it's awesome that this generation is at home and can be maybe be able to watch Jordan now. And watch these videos. I Understand, like it's probably not the same. You know, LeBron is a monster. Let's not get it twisted. And, but to hear what's going through his mind during some of these games, it's amazing. It's great to watch the inside of the mind of Michael Jordan. It's it's amazing to watch, and I'm I and also to get inside of the weird, crazy-ass mind of Dennis Rotman. They already had a 30-for-30 30, 30, thirty on Dennis Rotman, but f- for people to talk about him outside of the Bulls and just Jordan giving him props, saying that, yo, Rotman was literally probably one of the smartest players I've ever played with, probably one of the smartest defensive strategy um, rebounder, hustler, all. He was probably the smartest man I ever played with. And then Rodman coming out and telling you, this is how I got prepared. Just to hear his preparation what is scary enough. It it was Jordan-esque. He was like, look, I know what I'm going to be good at when I get to the NBA. When I'm in the NBA, I know I'm scoring 27 points in college. I'm getting 14 rebounds and doing all this cool stuff. But I know once I get to the NBA, my offense is limited. There's going to be guys that's way more athletic than me. I'm not going to be able to score 27 points. He said, but I know what I am going to be able to do. I'm going to be the best defender. I'm going to be the best rebounder. And how am I going to do that? I had ball boys sitting there shooting. I had friends. I had ball boys. I had all these people shooting. I said, yo, just shoot the ball. He said, just shoot the ball so I can go and figure out where it's gonna bounce, how I'm gonna to get to this position, what am just the strategy, just to learn the strategy of Dennis Rodman's rebounding is was just unbelievable to listen to. He you also he also like went to the point to where he talks about the way Jordan's shot spins. The way Jordan's shot spins, if it hits the rim, I know where it's gonna go. If it hits the rim here, I know where it's going to go. I know if he shoots from here, and and he only's got a, like a probability of where this ball's going to go, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go track it down. He said, I know where it's going to go every single time. He learned it. That is scary, as shit. and you, and you wonder. Most geniuses, not geniuses, most ultra smart people like that, or ultra focused people like that, are crazy. They're crazy as hell. Let's be real. They all batshit. We know it. We it's fine though. It's fine because we got to see the smartness actually be molded into a Hall of Fame NBA player, one of the greatest defensive offensive rebounders of all time, one of the greatest on ball defenders of all time. We talk about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's a great on ball defender, but Dennis Rodman is one of the is probably better. Not even like no bull aside. Rodman was fuck. Rodman's a problem. Rodman was a problem in the nineties, in the late eighties. Yes, he went crazy. He went crazy, and that's fine. We all go crazy a little bit. All geniuses go crazy. Sometimes I go a little crazy, but you know, I don't go go marry myself. That it just doesn't happen. I'm not gonna go put on a wedding dress, go to the liquor store, get drunk, and say i married myself. That's just not what I'm gonna do. But Dennis Rotman was the one to do that. It's fine. We and I'm a huge fan of his. I've always I was a huge fan of his because of the way he played basketball. Because that's the way I play. Not rebounding. I'm, you know, I'm more of a scorer. You know what I'm saying I get, I get buckets and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> but I would dive in the crowd for a ball. No, bro, no, you ain't got no hesitation. I'm diving in the crowd for a ball. I would. I'll dive on the floor for the ball. I'll I would get try to get as many rebounds as possible. I get in position. Just the way he played showed you that you didn't need to be an ultra offensive player to make it to the to the Hall of Fame. Of the basketball. It was amazing. It's amazing to watch it. And then Scotty Pippen. Scotty, what the? Scotty, what? $17 million on a seven year contract? It, hold on. Hold on. This was the statistics, by the way. He was the sixth highest paid. No, he was the 100th. Was it 102? Highest paid basketball player, 102. They had the highest paid basketball player on the same team, which is Michael Jordan. 102 was Michael was Scottie Pippen, who was probably the second best player on the team. Overall, second best player. He was six on the team in that type of pay. Six, six on the team. Six, highest paid player on the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened. That's, oh, Ugh. That hurts me. That hurt me. That hurt me. But you know what's crazy? We say this, right? He got that set, you know, all that. At the end of the day, at the end of his career, he was more paid um, contract-wise. Contract-wise, Scottie Pippen made more money than Michael Jordan in the NBA. Now, is it Jordan's fault that probably that happened? Yes. Jordan took way too many years off. Took two years off in the mid-uh in the mid-90s. And then took about two or three years. And then played his final two years as the Washington Wizards. At the Washington Wizards at 40, and was still averaging almost 20 points a game. That's how great Jordan is. He was 40 years old, still almost like literally averaging 20 points a game. And for the to end his career. Michael Jordan almost averaged 30 points a game. And that's with defenses being honed in on him. That's what's scary about talking about Jordan. Jordan, you know, Jordan wasn't the best three point shooter, but you couldn't stick that fade away. You couldn't jump with him. And everyone said that. He said, look, once Jordan gets in the air, yo, all bets are off. You're not going to stop him. All bets are off at that point. He might bang on you. He might get the layup. He might be nice and lay up on you. One of the two is going to happen. He might do some freaky stuff and get a layup too. He might get a foul. Like, just to just to know, just to watch competitors talk about Jordan's, just them say, yeah, we weren't going to stop him once he gets to the air. But when he's on the ground, we got a chance. Like the Pistons. Pistons are like, yo, once he gets in the air, we, 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 we lost. We lost the battle. But we're gonna we're gonna fuck him up every time he gets to this lane. Every time. I remember I've seen these videos a hundred times, especially when I was watching the Bad Boys Pistons 30 for 30. Um Jordan got his ass beat that first series. That first series they played against the Bad Boys Pistons. We and to tell you the truth, I'm glad he did. Because that unlocked another that unlocked, like you thought Jordan was complete then? And then Jordan said, oh, 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 we're going up another level? We getting physical? Alright. So the next thing you see is Jordan up his up his weight weightlifting regimen, up his conditioning, up everything. He went up everything. Came back. Which still we haven't talked about, it. the rest of the series hasn't been talked about it yet. So I won't talk about that yet. That's just my experience of watching Jordan, but like the Pistons had their own rule to beating the bulls with Jordan. They had Jordan rules. they They literally had a, a whole system put together to stop one man. It was amazing. It's just so awesome to watch these these NBA players, these competitors talk about this this one team, this one. The Chicago Bulls and this team that I grew up watching and to watch it and watch them talk about each other and talk about the, the behind the scenes. Like I forgot I had this book of the Chicago Bulls that have like, you know, behind the scenes photos and stuff of them. And I'll, this series kind of reignites me reading that book and it's amazing, it, like, oh my goodness, just so, if you haven't seen this docu-series yet, definitely, if you're a basketball fan, definitely, if you're just a fan of, of documentaries, this is a great document. it's not just about basketball, it's like the psyche of basketball players, it's the psyche of a human, so, if y'all, you guys get a chance, definitely go check out uh, Last Dance, the the, the Chicago Bulls, <clears throat> it's just, oh man, I, I, and you know, and, you know, it makes you not like certain people, too. Like, series, like, docuseries definitely make you not like certain people. I just wonder what would have happened if Phil Jackson never got told that that was his last season. I wonder what would have happened. So, yeah, I definitely, if you guys get a chance, definitely go check out Last Chance. It's it's a fantastic. I I definitely thoroughly enjoyed it. If you are a basketball fan and your kids are ones that are saying that, you know, LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time, and they were like, "Well, we weren't born at the time when Jordan was playing." I understand that part. That if that that's what you're trying to say, because you have never you didn't watch Jordan play, that makes a complete sense. That makes a lot of sense. I grew up watching Jordan, and I also have grew up, grown up watching LeBron, so I can tell you, I was actually in, a, in what the sweet spot. I'm practically in the sweet spot as as when I was a kid. As a kid, I grew up watching Jordan as a, uh, a teenager to adulthood. Now I watched LeBron and I can tell you the difference in their games, but once they come out with a series about LeBron and his psyche, then maybe we can compare and contrast the Jordan LeBron thing until then we won't know. And I wish we were, I, man, I'm not going, I'm not even going to bring that up. So, Um, with that, I want to say thank you for listening to the show. (laughs) Uh, dang, on. I was only expecting myself to go 15 minutes, but the, the last dance jumped in my mind and I knew I had to talk about it, but, um, definitely guys, if you got, if ladies and gents, if you guys and gals go (laughs) watch Extraction on Netflix, it's a fantastic movie. You're going to have a great time watching it. Um, also John Henry, like just... You might it might be mixed reviews on it, but I liked it. And then last dance, of course. Definitely check that out. So with that, uh, my name is Andrew Cruz. Um once again where you can find the cruising podcast is on YouTube, also at um Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you need to get your podcast news, that's where you can find the cruising podcast. Also on Instagram at cruising Podcast, also on Twitter at uh nice finest. And with that, oh big announcement. I mean not big announcement, but announcement. Today's the start of seven straight, uh, of, of seven straight days of straight-up content. So, tomorrow, I'm going to have a podcast. Wednesday, I will have a podcast. Thursday, I'll have a podcast. Friday, I'll have a podcast. Th- Saturday, because I almost messed up my days, we'll have a podcast. Also, on Sunday, probably we'll have a podcast, too. So, hopefully, I'll have a bunch of stuff ready to rock and stuff. Um, a lot of news is coming down, uh, especially in Texas, in different states, so... Uh, I didn't want to get, not political, but I didn't want to talk about the virus uh, that everybody's been on, Um, but definitely, if you guys get a chance to check these things out, so, also be ready for seven days, oh, oh, sorry, I had something (laughs) seven days of straight content, I hope you guys have a beautiful night and day, don't do anything else, you know, I catch you guys tomorrow for another edition of the Cruising Podcast, deuces! Thank you.